Yeah, that is kind of like when you're like, you know, the shift manager or whatever, and the other manager is just like asleep in the office, and you're like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I have to close on Sunday, exactly. and you're doing this? That ref has big Dante energy. Just like, <laughs> wasn't even supposed to be here today. Yeah, that ref was coming. me coming in for the closing swing shift at Johnny Rockets on Sunday. So I'm like, <laughs> you guys didn't even set up the ice? Come on. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of WrestleSplania, the podcast where I, Kath Barbadoro, a wrestling fan, introduce the wonderful world of professional wrestling to my friend Rachel Millman. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Good. I like your shirt. Thank you. It's a Roswell Kid shirt. Uh, yeah. A band I really like. You were at the show when oh, I yeah, bought I was going to say, I was there and you bought it, I think. I just haven't seen it on you. I don't wear it a lot anymore. Um, It's a little big for me and it like, I bought it because I really like them and I only listen to them on Spotify and I felt bad because like you don't make any money if people only listen to you on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. So I, and it is a good shirt. It's it a, is actually, I should, I like it a lot. It's like a skull wearing like a strange brew uh, style toque. I would say I would call it. What do you call a hat like this? My dad calls those mad bomber hats. Mad bomber hats. Yeah. Okay. They usually have flaps on the side. Right. Unlike that. I mean, that's sort of like a Christmassy looking shirt to me because of the colors. And also, yeah. I get why because it's a black t shirt and we're, we, this is a show about wrestling. So we own a lot of black t shirts. Yeah. I own too many. Um, I should start wearing this one though because it's one of the only ones I have that isn't wrestling at this point. So I should probably. I get kind of embarrassed when, when, when I'm on like day three of like, oh, I'm wearing a wrestling t shirt and I'm just like, I gotta. I used to like wear stripes at least. <laughs> yeah, I, I like when we first started the show, I was like, I didn't really have that many because most of them are not cute. Like most of them mm -hmm. are ugly. And but then we got to know people who have ones that are decent. Yeah, that are decent. And then also I felt like more compelled to like directly support people and give them money. So I've spent that's where your Patreon dollars go really is <laughs> back out into the wrestling community when I buy like stupid shirts. So thank you. <laughs> Um, thinking about Orange Cassidy shirt number two that I might be buying soon. <laughs> I'm not buying a shirt from him because he flaked on us doing the podcast. And That's I'm never, true. I'm never forgiving him. I'm so mad. I mean, like, I'll forgive him if he shows up. He like I at this point, I'm like, no, if you want to show up, you can't do the show now because you were mean and I'm mad at you. I think I have a good segue. Okay. I know it's hard, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> we always manage to pull them out of our asses. Somehow. So I'm not going to buy an Orange Cassidy shirt. I already have one. Um, but if AEW just released some really good shirts, I saw, which I was ah. tempted. I was very tempted to buy, but I was like, I can't buy any more shirts right now. Um, but I'm hoping that the promotion we're talking about today, who is aligned with AEW, eventually gets some shirts because they have some really cool uh, aesthetic stuff going on. Ooh, and that is a good segue. I feel like they would release great. some good ones. You did great. <laughs> uh, yeah. So today we are talking about uh, the Chinese promotion OWE, Oriental Wrestling Entertainment, which um, you may know as uh, an early announced partner of all elite wrestling yes i remember when they had their like little press conference in that parking lot in jacksonville um they i texted you and was like they mentioned that they're going to be partnering with owe and it was like i was like oh that's really exciting because like i only know that gif but this is an exciting <laughs> thing and it went from being like okay these guys who i mostly am okay with but don't feel like insanely passionate about 
And then it was like, oh, they know what they're doing. Cody knows what he's doing. I was, it really like, you know, I hate to say this out loud because it's a gross sounding sentence. Hit them announcing that they were partnering with OWE made me go, oh my God, Cody has incredible business acumen, <laughs> which is crazy sounding. Well, well, uh, so you'd seen the GIF. Yeah, I'd seen the GIF. Um, which I think if people listening to this, I know we have a few listeners who watch OWE regularly. I think most people are probably familiar with the name from that press conference and have maybe seen a few of the GIFs that we're talking about. So um, OWE is a very, very new promotion. Um, they had their first show in, I believe, February of 2018. They'd um, had some wrestlers debut in other promotions like Wrestle One, a few Japanese promotions. Um, but their first full event was uh, a little over a year ago. So very, very new. So the deal with OWE is that uh, they are, it's sort of unclear to me whether they are a subsidiary of Dragon Gate or whether they are wholly independent or kind of what their relationship is. But basically, um, they're run by this dude, Shima, who it's all cap C-I-M-A, if you've seen that written out and are like, who's that? It's Shima. Um, Shima was like, he was in the first class of Ultimo Dragon's dojo um, back in when Dragon Gate was called Toriumon, and uh, he was like an early kind of ace of this promotion. Like he's been, I think he debuted in like the mid '90s, um, so he's been around a really, really long time, and he's been like very synonymous with Dragon Gate, and like kind of ran Dragon Gate for a while. Okay, so uh, like I don't know, maybe two years ago now, it was announced that he was going to start this promotion based in Shanghai, China. Um, again, I've, I've found sort of conflicting reports about whether this was supposed to be like an international arm of Dragon Gate or whether it was its own thing. But it seems like if it was its own thing, they at least parted on good terms. So Shima started this promotion in Shanghai with, um, the, I can't remember the president's name, but they have like a money mark. and Nice. Uh, yeah, the best. Uh, and he brought uh, a couple other guys from Dragon Gate over there. So um, there's uh, El Lindeman, uh, T-Hawk, who we saw Shima, T-Hawk, and Alindaman tag together at Double or Nothing. Yes. As uh, Stronghearts. And then um, this other guy, Yamamura, I can't remember his last name. Takahiro Yamamura is the other one. So they have these like three or four Japanese dudes. And then basically the entire rest of their roster are uh, Chinese guys who were formerly um, Shaolin Kung Fu uh, martial artists. So pretty much the whole promotion is people who had like never wrestled before. And like, at least the story they tell is basically that they had like never even really seen wrestling before. Yeah, I I have some questions because like I immediately bought it and was like, hell yeah, this is such a cool concept. And then I was like, wait, wrestling is a work. I might be getting completely lied to. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of unclear, but at least that's the story they're trying to tell. I I at least buy the fact that, like, the vast majority of these people had no training in pro wrestling before this. I buy that. And I don't mean that as a knock to, like, their ability. Totally. I just, like, I buy that. Well, yeah, and, like, it's a great great story to tell. That it's, like, these Shaolin Kung Fu guys who don't know what wrestling is, and then Shima comes and, like, brings them the gift of wrestling. (laughs) You know, like, that's, like, a great story. Um, But, yeah, so... Their first thing was in February, and then in May, uh, this amazing gif of this dude basically, like, flying (laughs) over the ring um, goes kind of viral, and people start hearing the story about, oh, this is, like, a bunch of kung fu dudes who are learning 
wrestling and it's like some crouching tiger hidden dragon shit and it looks awesome and uh it kind of turns some eyes onto the promotion yeah i actually feel like in a weird way that's kind of if you want to get somebody it's a question of if you want to get somebody into wrestling or if you want to get them into like good wrestling and like if you want to get somebody who's not into wrestling at all into it and like in a way that you and i or or like the listeners of the show would be like do you want to know about the cool shit as opposed to like the mainstream shit this is what i would show somebody because like people can understand kung fu movies like they have a concept of those as opposed to like wrestling they have like different perceptions of it so if you go the kung fu route it might make it a lot easier well yeah and this their um sort of description so they put all of their weekly shows on youtube and the description of all the youtube videos it says like a perfect combination of kung fu and pro wrestling so they are very clearly marketing themselves as this sort of hybrid uh medium i mean they have a bruce lee guy yeah they have a bruce lee guy um (laughs) who i really liked they have a a lot of guys that are sort of based in um chinese culture which i think is really cool like i think the thing that sort of interested me about this um when i first heard about it it was like the kung fu stuff is like really cool but it was also just more than that specifically it was like this is an opportunity for pro wrestling to be um, interpreted through a different cultural lens. Cause like something we talk about on the show sometimes is the differences between like Mexican wrestling and Japanese wrestling and American wrestling and how um, the, the sport quote unquote sport of pro wrestling changes depending on the cultural context. So the fact that it's being introduced to this wholly new cultural context with very few sort of cultural associations with pro wrestling because it's never been a big thing over there I think is really really exciting and not only do they do that with the sort of the actual movements incorporating martial arts and kung fu into their move sets but also in their characters because there are a lot of characters in this promotion that are drawn from Chinese culture there's um we're going to talk about this dude the monkey king who is like a reference uh to uh, some Chinese kung fu movies that are really popular over there. There's uh, like Happy Ghost, who's like a uh, based on like a sort of cultural like folk belief. There's um, Little Guangzhou, who's like a from Chinese history, like a historical warrior. There's all this stuff that you wouldn't see in another promotion. And I think that that's really exciting and really cool. Yeah, I um I didn't know that about some of the latter stuff. I had some idea of like, the fun monkey although like uh, the monkey guy i immediately thought of space monkey <laughs> which is like maybe maybe those are rooted in the same thing i'm not sure but i mean space monkey is a guy in a monkey mask and a nasa suit so probably different <laughs> yeah probably different but like you never know so one of the fun things about doing this was that instead of starting with like promos or matches kath and the promotion themselves kind of really like engineered it toward my brain, which is that I watched a lot of TikToks that they do. <laughs> right. So that's the other thing. So the the two things that I feel like make this promotion particularly unique are um, they are drawing on Chinese cultural history in a really interesting way. Um And they are also drawing on idol culture in a really interesting way. Yes. Where this promotion is essentially run like a boy band. That is (laughs) clearly like the inspiration. And in a lot of the stuff I read for this, that'll be linked that. Did you read the beginner guide? Yeah. Yeah. So in that guide, like he talks about how it's based in like the C-pop, like 
machine is how this is run. So the way that like don't they have like a girl C pop band that comes in with them a lot too? They they do have like um yeah so I've seen like in in trailers and stuff. I've never seen a show where they actually had that band with them, but they've I scanned their YouTube channel and I saw like some clips where the preview image was the girl band. Yeah, which um DDT used to do also. Yeah. So uh they're like the way that their training dojo is set up is like it's set up sort of like a hybrid pro wrestling training and idol training facility which um when I was getting ready for this episode another thing I did was listen to our Maki Ito episode because again like the similarities and differences between idol training and wrestling training like there's a lot of parallels I think you could draw so long story short uh on the more idol side of things they have a really really amazing TikTok game and granted I am a 31 year old woman so I'm not on TikTok but uh, they put them all on their YouTube. I have the app. I don't look at the, it that often because like every time I do and I find something funny that I laugh at and think about reposting, I'm like, am I just like farming content for the sake of content? <laughs> so I have like weird like morality and like class issues with a lot of people who farm TikTok. But that's not what this episode should be about. I just feel like I'm 31. I, sh- I should be on a list if I have that app I just feel like it's not even like a class it's just like that's not for a grown-up no I just I, there's there's a lot of tweets about TikToks that are like oh the hillbillies are really good at this and it's like mm. yeah poor people can make jokes too but yeah, yeah. again not what this episode is about <laughs> um but their TikTok their TikTok game is really good yeah so I mean I just feel like it's so genius of Shima to be like okay I have all of these cute little uh, Chinese honks that can do flips. Like, of course, I'm going to try to go viral on the internet outside of a wrestling space. It's sort of, I have like a chicken and egg question too, which is that like they got their big blow up was from a GIF. And did they say, oh, okay, it's time to build off of that? Or like, was the plan to blow up all, all along? You don't I think, know. Well, I think that they were definitely planning on having this sort of idol component before then because I know that the contracts that all of the wrestlers are on are really similar to idol contracts. Interesting. So I think this was like kind of the plan from the beginning. Um, and it's a really smart plan because it's genius there. What was your favorite? Were there any TikToks I sent you that stuck out? I mean, I know we're going to talk about the watermelon one. Sure. Yeah. Achilles Ben is kind of their like number one hunk and they love to make him crush fruit with his muscles and it rules. (laughs) Achilles Ben is also just like a perfect name. It's very funny. It's in line with like Doug truck, Um, (laughs) but or like, you know, Greg Puddle. Greg Puddle, <laughs> Doug Truck, and Achilles Ben. My, my new favorite faction. Um, I really liked the sleeping one. The sleeping, the sleeping one, one is really cute. good. Yeah, it's like all these, uh, a row of dudes in sleeping bags pretending to be asleep, and then like an alarm goes off, and all the other guys start doing flips over them. <laughs> it's really I good. I really liked... I don't remember the name of it. The one, the one that was like our daily exercises where it's like guys rolling under each other in like a loop or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like a lot of really crazy uh, flip calisthenic stuff, like people running up walls and doing flips and stuff. I also, I liked that one. I really like the one where the guys are fighting over noodles. That one's really cute um, because it's good. And it from like, a strategy perspective you go from having like this big fun group to like the fighting over noodles is like okay here are two personalities that we want you to get to know i really liked one that you didn't link in the notes but that i found like poking around their youtube of where they all do 
I guess the OWE version of like light as a feather, stiff as a board, where they lift <laughs> one guy each with one finger. Oh, and hell so yeah. they have one under his shoes and like one under his elbows, and he just goes up. <laughs> and it's really funny. <laughs> it's, they do a good job of it, it's interesting to watch some of the TikToks and then watch their show because they do clearly try to highlight some people. Like, obviously, Achilles Ben has like a whole series. <laughs> um, but like uh, the Monkey King Wang Jin is another one who is featured a lot. And he's clearly featured as like, so if Achilles Ben is like the hunk, uh, Wang Jin is like the cutie. Like he okay. is, he, there's a bunch of him like, cause he can do a lot of really amazing aerial stuff. He's like, he's really, he's pretty small and pretty light. So he's like a really good high flyer. And uh, they, it's him doing like crazy stuff. And then he'll look at the camera and make a heart with his hands and the music will switch to like romantic music. Oh, it's like the Mandy Rose filter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really good. Um, so yeah, I, I just think it's like a really fun strategy. And it's also like, TikTok in China is huge. It's not in China. It's not just for teens. Yeah. Uh, it's like everybody in China is on this app. Because I've seen the one of like the guy in the Chinese subway doing all the dances and stuff too. That one like got a little popular on Twitter as well. I haven't seen it. I'm we'll like, have to... oh, look at this old man doing this. And it's like old people can have fun too. Hillbillies <laughs> can have fun too. Anyway, we don't need to get into like my like extremely odd hangups. But I also really, really um, I thought Tiger Tooth Wang Jin was just like a adorable yeah sorry i'm mi- i'm mixing up the names um monkey king is uh a different dude i think um fuck no monkey king tiger tooth they're the same dude Never oh mind. they're the same dude yeah that's the same same guy oh sorry they have a lot of nicknames <laughs> tiger tooth is so cute yeah he's really really he's cute. adorable um I, I there are like a lot of really cute little guys in this i mean um, to your to the point of idol culture that they're trying to do is like uh, the big feel I got from all the, the group ones was a, a chaste sleepover mm-hmm. of like, you know, they're, they're fun, they're rowdy, they're going to be a little goofy, but like there's going to be nothing impure happening. And it's not forced, really. It's just that's the big vibe I got. It's the thing. It's the same feeling you got from like, I would say if you go back and look at like early One Direction videos now, mm-hmm. exact mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about on the show before, like sort of the appeal of uh like homosocial bonding as like a, a facet of wrestling that uh, we find like interesting outside of the ring. I mean, we like sort of the less innocent iteration of that. Well, like we like Dustin Gregg because they talk about like embarrassing sex stuff when they talk about stuff with their butt. But like that's that's my breakdown of it. But yeah, it is a little more like innocent and cute. Right. I mean, uh, like we're adults, we're yeah. grown up. So like we like the grown up version of that, but it's, it's all kind of along the same continuum. Mm-hmm. It's all like, guys being dudes like that is very much the vibe of this and it is like very um it's very charming and very kind of squeaky clean and and wholesome um but it is like that dudes hanging out in like a fun way that's actually kind of the way a couple months ago i um i recruited some adult women i know who were really into one direction a couple years ago of just kind of like we just want and i was like what did, what did you like about them? Because I bet you I can like link this to wrestling. And it wasn't my plan to link it in this way. They were like, we just want like, you just want like a nice boy. Yeah. And so I showed them Rapongi 3K. Oh, super nice boys. The <laughs> I just boys. want like innocent, <laughs> nice boy. Not, not innocent, but like somebody who's going to be nice. Somebody who has non-threatening, like a, non-threatening, yeah. non-threatening. And like people make fun of that being for teens, but like, 
if you want to get into a deeper thing, like women searching for men who are non-threatening is like a thing because that doesn't exist in real life. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally. But that's it's it's super joyful watching this. And I hope they're actually having as much fun as they seem to be having. Yeah, it it looks really, really fun. Uh, it's probably, I mean, if it is like wrestling training and idol training combined, it's probably not that fun. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but they're learning a lot and they're... Uh, they're getting really good. They're getting really, really good. Um, so yeah, um, there are a lot of cutie pies. The, the guy who was, the gif was of, I thought he was gonna be like a person they really pushed but he doesn't seem to be on a ton of their shows his name is Gao Jingjia but he's also really really cute um but yeah so we watch a bunch of TikToks I highly recommend you check them out um they're very adorable uh and then we watched their just most recent weekly show um they put them out every week on their YouTube page and they're an hour long which is great ideal (laughs) it's perfect um well i also think that's smart if you want to get an american audience because like there's no english commentary so like it's going to be hard for an like an an english speaking and only english speaking watcher to like be able to really get it for a certain amount of time so like they balance the promos and stuff and everything that like that i thought pretty well i mean that's the job of wrestling though is that you should be able to understand it no matter what right but i did think that that they handled that that they like hit that those marks very very well yeah i don't know if they're necessarily trying to get an american audience at this point i know that they've they've sent a few of their people over to um this promotion in vegas and they've done a couple things there and obviously they're trying to get you know some some traction with aew but i don't know if the goal of these shows on youtube is necessarily for an american audience um but i thought it would be a really interesting um sort of experiment and challenge to try to watch them knowing that there was like pretty much no uh, context as an american um i spent a pretty long time trying to identify each person when i was putting this together because it is all in uh chinese thank you to uh some followers of mine on twitter who read mandarin who helped me a little bit wow um, yeah because it's it's all in mandarin it's based in shanghai and uh i don't uh read or understand mandarin so uh we'll we'll talk about it a little bit there were some foreigners in the audience uh which i'm sure will come up in in our discussions yeah uh, but yeah it's it's mostly a chinese audience it i my understanding is that it is produced for Chinese television and then they just put them up on YouTube, but I'm not really sure. Cool. Um, but yeah, so we watched we watched their most recent show as of this uh, recording, which I believe is number 10. Um, we'll put the link in uh, in the description and everything. But uh, but yeah, what did you think overall? What was the general vibe you got? I really like you can tell that they're new, but you can also tell that that doesn't really matter for what they're going for with like the show obviously you know they don't want like amateurish and like you know botched moves and stuff but they're going for like they're going for the idol component of it of like you know these guys aren't like you know the greatest like like stiffest hitters of all time but like they want you to get to know the personality they want to get you to get to know like the dudes they want you to come back every week to like hang out with like your favorite you know guy from owe which i think is interesting 
I mean, I don't want to undersell it too much because like a dude does a 450 splash like in the second match. No, it's like crazy. They are like really, really good at some stuff. They are not doing the type of pro wrestling that is like super heavy strikes. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't look like a fight. Like it no. does not look like people fighting. Yeah, it looks like kung fu, and I, like that's that's a better way to put it. They're they're certainly not bad at all. It's just that you can tell that they're new. Yeah, I mean, and there's definitely some stuff that like gets fucked up in this. Like there are some botches and things, but like, uh, I I thought that you could definitely see that it was a different interpretation of pro wrestling. Yeah, it really did seem, um, you know, and like. I, I don't neither one of us are particularly well versed in Chinese culture. So um, again, we're, we're looking at this with like very outsider eyes. So the associations that we're making are maybe not the correct or intended associations. But like for me, my main association, as with most Americans for mar- Chinese martial arts is Kung Fu movies, is Bruce Lee, is stuff like that. And uh, it looks like that. It looks like a fucking awesome kung fu movie interpreted through uh, live pro wrestling. And uh, I I really liked it. I thought um, I was it was interesting to watch the crowd and like sort of the setup of the arena or whatever, because they clearly have a lot of money. Um, Yeah, it's it's very well produced in the sense that like the set doesn't look shoddy. Um, The camera work is pretty good. Uh, the there were some um, filmed promos and like they all looked pretty good. It didn't yeah. look amateurish. Very good production values. Um, but the it was interesting to me that like first of all that the crowd was like pretty small. They didn't have a lot of people in the studio. I felt like yeah, it felt like they. Were, I was at full sale again. Yeah, like not even full sale size. Like to me, it looked like there were really only like two or three rows on each side. It seemed yeah. like there were maybe, I, I would guess maybe a hundred people in there, mm-hmm. which to me seems like I like an intimate venue, but like that seems too small. <laughs> like <laughs> It was, but again, like that I'm looking at this through a much different lens than uh, the people putting the show on. So you had a really interesting association before we started. Yeah, the first thing I actually watched for this was um, you sent me the trailer for the show, which I noticed right away um, was shot like a Fox reality competition, which I thought was super interesting. Like it had the hyper specific angles of like, so you think you can dance or American Idol or America's Got Talent. I specifically went with Fox, I think, because I watched a lot of ads for The Masked Singer. But that is, you know, not an uh, original American property. And Is The Masked Singer Chinese? Masked Singer is Chinese or Japanese. I forgot which one. Uh, or Korean. I can't remember. I know... It is from an Asian country. Okay. Um, And like, you know. South Korean. It's South Korean. Okay. You know, third guess. But it's shot in those same like swooping angles with like a lot of the same like spinning, slow spinning strobe light. Um, And the way that they were like doing these cool like pans Mm -hmm. to each like notable character that they want you to know. I was like, oh, this is so you think you can dance. Yeah. And I think that that is... um, like made me sort of understand the studio a little better. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly like that trailer really helped me get it in that like, you know, it is sort of that's why I said full sale because I think that's the closest that we have in like American wrestling is mm-hmm. like I'm mean, well, you know, there's tough enough, but I never watched tough enough and I don't think they filmed tough enough in that way. Um so it's I'm watching a dance show. I'm watching The Voice, so whatever you want to come up with because we have a million talent competitions on TV now. 
Um, but I was like, I wonder if it's like the same producers and stuff and it's the same editors because they're obviously going for the same vibe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's the same people, but I do know that those um, talent competition reality shows are really popular in China. Yeah. So it would make sense that that is their primary association in terms of the production aesthetic as opposed to a pro wrestling show. Because as we've established, pro wrestling, while it is not non-existent in China, has never really taken hold in popular culture. So if they're trying to establish uh, a mainstream following uh, in China, which it seems like they're trying to do with like TikToks and everything, then maybe that's why the studio looks like it does. Because it looks like, to me, a reality competition show type studio. Yeah. And I just, I think that's such an interesting thing because it's, you know, the joke I should have come up with a lot sooner before right now was so you think you can wrestle. (laughs) But I feel like that's sort of denigrating how good they are actually (laughs) at the sport itself or, you know, the entertainment itself. Um, But it was immediately apparent. I liked that they had in the audience, like, a dedicated group of girls giggling with their phones out. Yeah, that was another thing that I thought was interesting. So, like I said, there weren't, the audience here wasn't that big, um, but it seemed to be a lot of young women, or at least they were really focusing on the young women in the audience. They were really vocal. Yes, (laughs) they were really vocal. Um, And then the other people that were vocal were these two, I'm assuming American, just two white guys. North American, probably probably North American. (laughs) They kept really trying to start This Is Awesome chants, which like, I respect, but is also like, we can only hear you guys. But it I, wasn't as cringeworthy as that one Israeli guy. Oh, the stardom guy. Absolutely not. Like, <laughs> I have I have no ill will toward these guys. Um, but it was just interesting because it is like you. One of the things that like you learn from watching and going to wrestling is sort of the expected role of the fan in that context. And I feel like the people at OWE who are not like these foreigners clearly watch wrestling. Like they clearly are wrestling fans and that's why they're there. But a lot of the audience isn't necessarily watching other wrestling. It doesn't seem like, so they seem a little bit unsure of what they're supposed to be doing. That's what I thought was interesting. Cause it wasn't as, it wasn't the stardom faux pas in that way. For sure. It's that the, not only are the performers finding their own legs, the audience are finding their own legs in terms of like, what are we supposed to do here? Exactly. What do we want to do here? Because there are, I, what I, I found it so interesting when some stuff did carry over from like, I guess you could say a more quote end quote Western culture. There's no doubt in my mind that in Mandarin Chinese, they have the words 450 splash, (laughs) but on commentary, they didn't say the Chinese words for 450 splash. They said 450 splash, Yeah, yeah, which is like those carryovers are so fascinating of like, what they do have of westernized wrestling here versus what they don't and what the commentary has versus what they don't i just thought was a really interesting holdover yeah um yeah there's a couple things like that there it's interesting too if you watch with japanese commentary there's some stuff that they just say in english which i think is i think is really interesting and like i don't really understand why some things don't get translated and why some things do but uh yeah i i definitely picked up on that in uh in the commentary um so yeah let's uh I guess let's get into some of the matches and yeah. talk about some of these characters because uh I think they're real cool um so like I said if you're interested in watching this it's only a little over an hour which is excellent um the first match is uh 
this guy, he's the Red Bull. I'm not going to try to pronounce his Chinese name more than once. Uh, I see Zong Ziyu, probably. Okay, so, uh, cool. We'll try Better that. than I would have done. <laughs> so Red Bull's partner is, uh, his nickname is Big Head, which is the guide I read was really funny because it was like, uh, yeah, I don't know why that's his nickname. <laughs> it might be, again, a Western thing of like, hey, Big Head, but maybe. It's, uh, it might- but his his real name is uh, Lu- Wuliji Murin. So um, <laughs> the thing, again, Big Head and Red Bull. That's what I'm going to call Big them. Big Head and Red Bull. They're fighting two luchadors, Latigo and Tiago. So I like, it also might be, you know how Maki Ito had the, you said I had a big face or a small face thing. Mm-hmm. It might be a similar thing. Maybe. Um, a thing that I think is interesting about the two Chinese guys in this is that both of them have gimmicks that um, point to and reference Mongolian culture. So um, they're sort of specifically Big Head. He's like a Mongolian shaman. Like that's he's supposed to be dressed like. A, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. So um, he he comes out. He has this really colorful fringe outfit and he has this fringed hoop, which is apparently like a, a shamanistic Mongolian thing. So I just thought that was really interesting. Again, something you're not going to see in another wrestling promotion, like a Mongolian shaman character that is a, clearly immediately read by the audience as that's what he is yeah i obviously didn't know that i read that in the guide but uh to this audience like it's clear what he is yeah and to me i just read as team big boy which i really like yes they're both big uh both (laughs) especially for this promotion are both big and they're fighting um these two luchadors who uh come out with a microwave burrito they come out with the saddest looking burrito i have ever seen it's so (laughs) pathetic They each come out with one and are like really selling that this burrito is great. (laughs) (laughs) It was really funny because it's also like what it's kind of wonderful seeing something that is so purely not made for American audiences. And yet I still completely understand it. Oh, yeah. I don't understand a lick of what's going on here, but like, I pretty much get it. I, I understand <laughs> that the big boy team wants to eat the burrito. So like, <laughs> I am following along as much as is, you know, as I want required. to eat the burrito. I, the bigger boy Red Bull really wants the burrito and Big Head is holding him back and saying, please don't eat the burrito. <laughs> and uh, it's very silly. And the match starts and they do a lot of like very silly comedy spots. They keep doing... Um, I think it's Latigo who's the bigger luchador. Side note, Tiago, the um, lucha guy with the uh, the sunglasses. Yeah. He wrestles in um, Mexican promotions as a mini. That's how small oh. the people in this promotion are. Yeah, no, everyone does not look the tallest. Yeah, this is definitely... Um, this promotion is definitely proof that like comparative size is what's most important in wrestling mm-hmm. and not absolute size because... Pretty much everyone in in this roster, I would say the average height is probably five six or five seven. Yeah. Um. Everyone is really really small. So I just thought that was interesting that like this guy Tiago, he's definitely short compared to the other people, but not notably so. Like he just looks like a little on the smaller side. But in Mexico, he literally wrestles in the mini Estrella division. He wrestles with. He's the- so good though. I really liked him. He was like a very obvious like spot of like wow you're very charismatic he was really fun yeah so it it starts with the red bull does eat the burrito he does he falls victim to the burrito good for him <laughs> proud of him he's a growing boy he needs his strength he's exactly a red bull. he comes his armor coming out by the way is fucking cool he comes out in really sweet armor yeah <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so this that- was also I do have to say, like, I liked this match a lot. It was extremely like a first match on the card match. Oh, completely. It's, <laughs> it was like all shenanigans. Um, yeah, there's a really funny part where I think it's Latigo is wrestling Big Head like in the opening stretch, and they're doing they do all these like comedy spots where they keep calling like timeouts and stuff. Yeah, and uh, Latigo clearly thinks he's done. Like that that opening part is over. And he goes to tag his partner and his partner just is like, yeah, man, high five. And then he turns around and like does more stuff. He's like, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I, I'm not done. Like, I forgot I what we called. My bad. Right. So <laughs> I thought that was really I funny. got lost in the burrito bit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, clearly, clearly problem. Also funny, Tiago, not only does he work as a mini, his name in Mexico is Mini Charlie Manson. Just like a very problematic gimmick. It Wow. <laughs> There's like four things off the way more than four but like immediately off the top of my head immediate four like what the fuck yeah 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 (laughs) very very wild um does not look like charlie manson to me not at all i don't know why that's his name but it turns out that's his name so uh they saw him with three girls who weren't wearing all weren't wearing bras and they just went with it i hope he comes out with like a harem of hippie women yeah that would be sweet it would be again incredibly problematic but also kind of sweet kind of leaning in in the way that we want him to lean in (laughs) exactly as opposed to like any other way (laughs) what if he's just really into the beach boys maybe somebody got very esoteric (laughs) oh i hope he comes out what's the one beach boys song charlie manson thought was uh um i don't remember or oh no it's helter skelter yeah he could come out mini charlie mansions could come out to helter skelter yeah because i don't give a shit about property hell no Um, but yeah, there's like, even this is an opening match. Um, it's very opening match, but there's some cool stuff in it. Like big head does a lot of ass based offense. Like I noticed that, but I also, I, it's cool to see like two big boys together. Right. Um, at least comparatively, I wonder how big they would look if they were just like with regular size wrestlers they'd probably just look kind of normal, but like a little chubby. They looked like, yeah, I, (laughs) yeah, I, I do. I forgot to mention that with the TikToks earlier is that like they're obviously all mostly very small in shape, like very cute people. But I did like that there was a featuring of like a big boy in there and that he was the winner in that TikTok that you showed me. Yeah, there's a good it's he a a big boy. I don't know which big boy. It might be Red Bull comparing muscles with Achilles Ben and then he wins. And yeah, it's because he flexes his pecs at the end. (laughs) But I mean, that brings it back to something that you said ages ago, which is that like wrestling is the only medium in which like being big means you immediately have the upper hand. Yeah, like there's some good big boy no selling in this. Like, yeah, get the luchadors are chopping uh, Red Bull, and he's just like completely no selling it. There's Tiny also, big boy. There's also like a really cool power bomb spot that I don't think I've any seen anybody do before. Um, which there was like a number of things in this. Which again, they're not like amazing wrestlers. They're still learning clearly, but there's a few like interpretations of moves that I don't think I've ever seen. And this one was. This guy, um, I think it was Red Bull, lifts his opponent up over his head, sort of like flat. Mm-hmm. Like the guy is like horizontal, parallel to the ground, and then swings him down to do a power bomb, which is like really cool. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that. And, yeah. Uh, there's just like stuff like that in here that is neat. I also liked the sort of anticlimactic finish to this. It made me laugh really hard. <laughs> yeah. So, do you want to explain what happened? I mean, I don't, I'm so bad with like proper wrestling terms. So, you're, you, you and listeners are going to be like, no, it's called that. 
but it's fine one gets on top of the other on the top rope and yeah. they just kind of like orange cassidy lump onto him and get the finish yeah they that i forgot about that like really cool stupid tag move they do where one guy just gets on another guy's back and then they fall on the guy on the crown it's effective it it, it is but it's done in slow-mo basically which is why it's so funny it's really good um, i'm just kind of like and like well (laughs) it's over it's like watching a fat cat fall off a ledge yeah it is it's exactly like that it's like well this is happening now i've accepted my fate boom maybe i'm wondering if it's like i'm wondering if it's like sort of a reference of like because big head gets on red bull's back so it's like is he riding him because he's a bull like i'm trying to figure out maybe that's it maybe i don't know it's good though (laughs) it was a lot of fun i enjoyed it a lot and the lucha boys always fun yeah so apparently owe will bring in um these foreign wrestlers to wrestle on like a show-by-show basis so most of them aren't like training with them or anything um which side note um one of the trainers working with owe train like ray phoenix right yeah um it's uh skade who is uh a, a luchador um from mexico he worked with chikara for a long time um yeah he trained he trained like Cesaro, Drew Gulak, Ray Phoenix. Uh, Damn. Yeah. So he's like a very well. He trained Chris Hero. Like he he's been a very renowned trainer. So the fact that they brought him in to train these OWE guys, I think, is like speaks to like a very high potential. Exactly. I yeah. agree. So the next match was the aforementioned Monkey King, Tiger Tooth Wang Jin, uh, versus a guy who, um, I this is a Mandarin reader gave me this name so i don't know like what his deal is but uh it's apparently juan juan x-u-a-n x-u-a-n i thought like in terms of like move set and like ability i thought this was actually like you know the best match yeah i agree i would agree with that um yeah there was some cool stuff in the last one but it was kind of a free-for-all so this was definitely the the like best wrestled yeah from to like my american eyes to be fair but it just it felt really tight I thought there was like a there was a really cool finish. Mm-hmm. Everything in it was good. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, this was fun because it was again like all this stuff is in Chinese, but you you can clearly understand the story. It's like Zhuan Zhuan is the heel. He looks like um, the kid, the the long haired nerd kid in Dazed and Confused, but like Chinese <laughs> and a little more muscular. He looks like one of Bart's bullies, <laughs> like for yeah. sure. He does look like one of Bart's bullies. He's a, he's like a skater heel like twink kid and he comes out with like his equally cute like skater twink like bad guy manager yeah they're mean mall goths they're mean mall goths and then uh tiger tooth is clearly just like a cutie pie baby face oh my god he's adorable he's so cute i was like oh my god this is an adorable human i'm looking like just could have been an idol in a regular way probably definitely definitely he has that like that uh east asian pop boy group look for sure he's got the face he's very cute um and he's really good yeah he can do a lot of like really cool shit um the, so like there's a bunch of really fun like high flying stuff in this um it definitely there are parts of this that definitely look like oh this is a martial arts movie you know what i mean yeah i think it also had to do with their co- their gear too mm-hmm. i almost called them costumes to prove <laughs> your point but like 
their their gear was very much like sweet hero versus like evil man before. yeah he wasn't evil the, boy <laughs> evil boy he definitely wasn't like the final boss but <laughs> no he was like a good henchman for sure yeah he was like a really good midway point there's also i will say like like i said a lot of this stuff doesn't look like fighting but like they have a forearm exchange in this that like it looks like they're really hitting each other and i'm like good for you guys they have a really good i don't know the name of it um that I know it's like Tooth and Juan and like those aren't their names, but that's what they've stuck <laughs> yeah. in as my head because apparently I'm turning Just into my mother. Just say, let's call them um, Tiger Tooth is Red. We Tiger Tooth. call him Tiger Tooth. Tiger Tooth. And then we can call the other guy uh, Simpsons Bully. <laughs> okay. Red and Simpsons Bully where they have a really good, I don't know the name of it, where they heat like Red flips Simpsons Bully really nicely at the end. And I can't, I don't know. I'm sorry. It's okay. I just don't know which spot you're talking about. Um, it's towards the end of the match. Um, is he like suplexing him? I think he suplexes him. I don't remember. I don't know the names of any it's wrestling okay. moves. Don't worry about it. I know like Hark and Rana and Frankensteiner are the same thing. <laughs> I know Pile Driver. Okay. And I know uh, the mysterious, uh, you wouldn't know by the name, Chair Shot. That's, <laughs> that's what I know. I don't, it's like when I was, it's like when I played flute in like elementary and middle school is that like. I could look at the notes on the page and know where my fingers would go. But if yeah. you told me to say, hey, is this like an A minor? Yeah, I would yeah. be like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Totally. This totally. is like the truly missing part of my brain when it comes <laughs> to wrestling. It's all good. Um, I like the spot they do uh, where it's like one guy is on one side of the ropes and the other guy's on the other side of the ropes. And they're both trying to pick each other up, uh, which like is a really common wrestling spot where like they're both trying to suplex the other guy at the same time. So neither one of them can get him up. But it's, like, extra funny to watch two, like, 100-pound men do that spot. Like, <laughs> it was just very funny to me. Because um, they're just, like, so tiny. And it's like, oh, I could probably lift both of you while you do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, uh, there's also, like, a bunch of funny ref stuff in this. Where, like... Oh, I love the checked out ref. Yeah, so, <laughs> the ref... And they're talking about it before the match. Like, they're talking to the ref. So, there's something going on with the ref and, like, the story. But... You know, like in a lot of things, the ref gets like hit and gets knocked out. In this one, the ref just lies down and goes to sleep. I think. <laughs> like, I don't think he gets hit. And it's so funny. And He's then, like barely paying attention yeah. to the match. And it's super funny to watch. So I think it's like the, the ref... I think he's supposed to be like in the pocket of the bad guys. But then he like sucks. And so he doesn't even get up to like... Pit, to Watch the pin. Because the bad guys are cheating. And like the manager's coming in and like fucking up Tiger Tooth and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, and then another thing that I thought was really funny is they bring in a replacement ref at the end and the replacement ref is like, what about what's wrong with the other ref? What happened to him? Which like, I don't think I've ever seen a replacement ref ever give a shit about the well-being of the other ref before. <laughs> so like, I gotta get thought, this over. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny because it's like, yeah, it would make sense if the ref was concerned about his coworker. Why is that <laughs> never a thing that happens? <laughs> He's also like, why didn't you, like, because the, the heel manager or whoever he is, is like, why did you let him pin? And he's like yelling at him, like, what did you do to him? Right. And like, I thought I missed it the first time. So I rewound this to be like, when did they knock the ref? No, I think he just like went to sleep. Like I tried to watch it a few times too. I was like, I, I don't think he ever got hit. I was really worried that like my ADD had finally like hulked out in a way that was like making me miss things entirely. I'm pretty sure he just was like, I'm going to lie down now. Like, I don't think there was anything that happened. 
He's just like yawning through the whole That's thing. That's the thing. He's like, so he's like sleepy funny. through the whole thing. So I think he's just supposed to be like napping. It's probably something from the last show that we missed. Yeah. Or like the, probably something they set up at, during the promo at the beginning that we couldn't understand. Or yeah. Something. Um, but yeah, it was fun. It ends with a 450 splash, which is like really cool. Um, the next match was um, the monk little Vajra, the Shaolin monk versus um, a man whose name I cannot identify, but he is billed in his intro as the biggest wrestler in Asia, which again, to give you a comparative size uh, understanding of these people, he is six, four and 220 pounds. And he is the quote biggest wrestler in Asia. So that's, that's the scale of people we're talking about in this show. Yeah. It's again, you know, we, we bring up Brian cage a lot, but like six, four, <laughs> two twenty, It's just like, Oh, you're just like a big guy. He's a big guy. He's a big guy, he's a but big he's guy. not like, he's not wrestler big. He's like wrestler normal. Um, I'd say very hot too. Yeah. Very, very hot. I would, I wouldn't call him wrestler normal. Cause like to me, wrestler normal, normal is like six, two. Okay. Cause I watch the Indies a lot. Yeah. I guess he'd be like a little big on the Indies. Yeah. He's husky medium. He's a husky hu- medium. The husky medium of heights <laughs> is what I'm going for here. But yeah, no, he's he's a tall dude. Husky medium would be a good wrestling nickname. <laughs> it's gonna be one of Stokely's because that's what he. Oh ordered. shit! That's what he orders all of his shirts in. Is Hus- husky medium? Husky medium. Stokely Hathaway, <laughs> dude. That list of wrestler names he released the other day. Tron. Cabillionaire. He's so good. <laughs> he's so good, dude. I don't know what to call him anymore because he has 90 names. I know. Cardigan Lamborghini. Cardigan Lamborghini. Malcolm Bivens. <laughs> Malcolm Bivens. So many good ones. Yeah. Anyway, shout out to Stokely. Shout out to Stokely. Uh, Stokely would be a hoss in this promotion. He should go to China. Oh, <laughs> can you imagine Stokely and OWE coming in and trying to start like his Stokely shit again with them and then being like, what are you talking about? <laughs> And it obviously ends with him being chased by like 50 small, very fit young men. (laughs) I feel like I could see him managing a a C-pop Chinese boy band. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But like the Stokely version of Lou Pearlman is like much more fun than the real version of Lou Pearlman. Exactly. Um, But yeah, so this uh, I I had high hopes for this match because I've seen this monk guy before and he fucking rules. But it's a it's a really messy match, and I think the ending gets fucked up. And like, I like that they brought out a chair. Yeah, there's a weird chair shot. Um, there's a part where so the the monk, his name is Little Vajra, which uh, Vajra is like a um a, a weapon that uh like divine. I think like in Mahayana v- Buddhism, like the the ascended Buddhas, like that's like a weapon they use. So he's like little little Vajra. So, um. He's dressed, he's bald, his head is painted gold, and um, part of his gimmick is that he has a really hard head. So there's like, the the guide that I read for this, I really recommend checking it out because it actually goes into like a lot of the cultural associations that the audience would have with this character. Like the idea that his head is golden and hard, like that's like a thing, like there's like all this stuff that it's like, oh yeah, okay, this character is like... We get it as a monk, as as Westerners, but like Chinese people would have like even more sort of associations. Yeah, with it. we as Westerners, we're gonna say monk or Avatar: The Last Airbender. He's a, yeah, it's which is you know kind of the same thing. <laughs> so uh, I, I've just seen him before. He does the like Jinsei Sunzaki um, rope walk, like he walks along the rope. He headbutts people. He's really cool. Um, but in this match, he he gets like a couple good moves in, but it's like. 
he does like a dive outside the ring and there's all these people there to catch him and they like clearly don't catch him right no they catch his legs and not his head i noticed that because they <laughs> it switches to like a wide shot out of nowhere and you're like oh boy but yeah. they do it right in front of the american marks too right and like i kind of wonder if they brought the chair out because the american marks are there because the cameras zoom in on the american guys like a couple times yeah and then the american guys start chanting we want tables which is like all right settle down <laughs> you got your chair you like your you're chair. good you're good um but yeah so this is apparently a rematch uh little vajra the monk beat the big guy in the last show they show like a uh, little, they show a little highlight reel um in the beginning so uh yeah so this is a rematch and uh little vajra gets creamed and uh, yeah he does and it's like it's sad i i really wanted him to win um the monk also comes out with like these two dudes whose gimmicks i cannot understand oh they don't match there's a guy none of the dudes on that side match and it's really funny there's a guy in a trench coat and sunglasses and then there's another guy in hot pants and a cropped tight jacket and no shirt i have is the trench coat guy supposed to be like a flasher i don't think so is he inspector gadget he's inspector gadgety i like I don't know why he's why they're friends with this monk. Like, I don't understand what the and the monk seems sort of reluctant. So maybe they're like maybe they're like bad guys and he's a good guy. It's they're it's, trying to make him be bad by making him hit someone with a chair. Yeah, it's real. it's really confusing. Um, But I definitely still recommend checking that monk guy out because he is really cool in other stuff I've seen. I really like how anticlimactically he hit the big guy with the chair, too. He just kind of like like pops him with it and then moves along with his <laughs> yeah the whole thing is really weird like the end is really anticlimactic like it's it's very strange like i'm wondering if somebody got injured or something because it's like it's just like a weird match like if you're gonna watch this it's worth seeing just to kind of check out little vajra's whole deal but i like, feel like maybe i would have understood it more if we had the previous ma- previous match maybe i mean it, they sh- it was maybe it was supposed to be a squash we don't know well ma- they showed a highlight reel yeah it. so they show the finish of the other match before this match so like i don't know it, it was just weird um again like you said like these people are relatively inexperienced so like stuff like this happens um but i still think this guy is good and i think his gimmick is really interesting so. yeah it's a lot of fun for sure yeah and then you have the final match which is like just the sheer amount of people in the ring made me go like, is this a clusterfuck? I don't know what's going on. And again, there's like a lot of stuff happening with every gimmick. Yeah, there's a ton of gimmicks. I So it took me a while figuring out. So this was like there were two teams and the goal was to eliminate everyone on the other team. So oh. you would get you would get uh, pinned and then you would be out. So uh, that was sort of the goal. So there were five people on each side. Um, And it was, I I think that this has something to do with like the factions in OWE. Um, But like, from what I could see, there was not a ton of obvious association between these two two groups of people. Not really, no. <laughs> a lot of, like, fun, silly-looking stuff, for sure. Yeah, so uh, we don't have to talk about every single person in this, but who are your who are your favorites? Whose gimmicks stuck out to you? I don't want to take away your favorites. Um, no, go for of it. Of hip-hop. Well, the hip-hop boys the are hip-hop very boys good. were <laughs> very good. I really like Bruce Lee guy. I thought he was great. Bruce Lee guy? He's also, like, a pretty good wrestler, I noticed. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, I liked Bruce Lee guy a lot. I, you know, I liked T-Hawk, isn't it, right? Yeah. Yeah, T-Hawk is great, because it's also, like, 
it made me feel better because like throughout watching this because I like watched this like one and a half times just to make sure like that I got everything because the first time I was like oh they're so cute like oh they're you know they look pretty like small and I was like am I like infantilizing these people and then T-Hawk comes out and I'm like oh no 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 no! they are younger than him and oh, he's yeah. like a built dude yeah yeah <laughs> this is like this is like the apart from the biggest wrestler in Asia who is like uh looks like an adult like <laughs> this is this is the match with like the men in it like, yeah this has the adults in it <laughs> yeah for sure um yeah because like there's T-Hawk who's like big time honk for sure um Yamamura is, is like hot Yamamura is like an adult and then Achilles Ben is like big time honk and then I love Achilles Ben yeah I definitely want to talk about Achilles Ben so I um, feel like it wouldn't cost that much to pay Achilles Ben to like crush your phone between his thighs or something I feel like right now at his fame level <laughs> it's probably not that expensive to be like Achilles Ben can you uh open up my pineapple that I want to eat with oh, his thighs yes. like, yeah we're not yeah it would cost you like 30 bucks he'd be fine with it um <laughs> i probably feel like, do it for free I if you filmed like it do it for free um <laughs> yeah so the hip-hop boys are really good because they come out um one of first of all one of them is named mr cool which is like always good <laughs> mr cool is ice mr cool ice dude mr cool ice would be such a good wrestling gimmick <laughs> i'm shocked it hasn't happened yet i mean like it's kind of like mr cool ice is like what if Nick Gage hadn't gone to jail? But that's okay. <laughs> that's what I don't know why that's always been that for me. I'm probably <laughs> super wrong, but and I have no explanation and no breakdown as to why. That's but fine. Mis- Mr. Cool Ice is like, you know, <laughs> what if Nick Gage didn't go to jail? Okay. <laughs> um, or hadn't gotten in trouble, rather. There's something about him that like is very Nick Gage to me, and I don't know why. Okay. All right. <laughs> I respect it. <laughs> It doesn't um, make sense. So yeah, uh, Mr. Cool uh, is he's with two other guys, and in this very boy bandy promotion, they are arguably the most boy bandy because they come out uh, and do a dance. They yep. have a choreographed dance, which another thing you can see on the OWE YouTube page is a lot of dancing. Um, yes. There's a lot of dance videos, which I love. And uh, yeah, so the hip hop boys come out and they do their their dance and they're like covered in sequins and they're very cute. And they have their like individual accessories. Yeah, they each have like a color scheme. It's very good. Uh, it reminds me a lot of, again, partner promotion. Dragon Gate has natural vibes, True. which are very similar. And I think that like someone in our discord has referred to Dragon Gate as a himbo farm, <laughs> which... I think accurate. it's very true. Um, and I think that like Shima learned a lot about the power of himbos when he was starting OWE. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like hip hop boys are great. Um, uh, Yamamura is awesome. T-Hawk is awesome. They clearly, it, it's clear in this match that like they are much more natural entities in the ring than a lot of these other people because they yeah. have been wrestling for much longer. Um, so the main guy who's like an OWE homegrown dude that they're trying to push is this Achilles Ben guy and he like he comes out and he's just putting on a goddamn show flexing and like it's very like look how hot I am and then he gets like correct some, he gets some good spots in the match and he can go like he can wrestle um in addition to being really hot like I think that they have put their money in the right person to be their ace he comes out in a fur coat which is really cool um yeah, and then this match is like it's basically like a dodgeball game. It's just like Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, you're right. 
it's the dodgeball game with like MJF and everything. Yes. Yes. It, it's a lot like the dodgeball game at the Orange Cassidy show we went to. Um, it also, it's it seemed very like Lucha-y to me. Yeah, you can see a lot of the Lucha influence in what they're doing. And it's like the best influence, I think, for this promotion of like, you're not going to have, it would be weird if they were all hard strikers. Right. Or like they're work small. Stiff. They're like little. Yeah. Yeah. So going for the influence of like a uh, high flying type of style and like with you have, you know, like Shima is a Japanese wrestler, but trained by Ultimo Dragon in this very heavily Lucha influenced promotion, Toriumon. Um, then you have Skade, who's a luchador, you know, like it, it makes sense that that style of training suits these guys' skills, you know? So, uh, and, and they're bringing in a lot of luchadors to fight them too. So like a, most of the foreign people on the show are from Mexico. There's like a couple American guys, that guy Hyperstreak, who yeah. is, uh, he comes out with like a, an Amelia Earhart style, like, I hood. liked him. <laughs> I, he's so weird though. And there's like a lot of weird things happening, but I was like, oh, you're very weird. Yeah. And then they have those two, I think they're Australian guys. They weren't in this episode of like the guys in the shirts and the suspenders and black pants. Yeah, um, the two, I think they're American. Uh, their their tag name in OWE is the Whirlwind Gentleman, which is very good. Um, yeah, they, they work a lot of shows with them. I'm not sure if they're like necessarily on the roster or not. Um, they kind of look like Team Tremendous too. To they me. do kind of look like Team Tremendous. Uh, yeah, they wrestle in like suspenders uh, and suit, suit pants and, and button up shirts. And uh, they're definitely like sort of the big hossy guys uh, compared to the rest of these the rest of these dudes. Another foreign guy that I think is like really funny that wasn't on this, but I just want to talk about him because it's the funniest gimmick to me is this guy named Jake Cafe. (laughs) (laughs) His gimmick is basically that he's. He's Cesaro's coffee Instagram, but like I a was guy. gonna, yeah. <laughs> Jake Cafe, self-identified as the Thinking Man's high flyer, also called Jackie Coffee in Chinese press coverage. Yes, when I read that, I thought Jackie Coffee, and then I immediately thought of Jackie Flowers, right. which is Jake Flores's nickname. Former guest on the show. Yeah. So shout out to Jake Cafe. He was not in this one, um, but yeah, this was like a really fun. Lucha match you get introduced to a lot of gimmicks um I feel like the good guys win at the end and it also like the less experienced guys win like the team with the with T-Hawk and and Yamamura and stuff uh lose and the hip-hop boys win and Achilles Ben wins I love the hip-hop boys they're They're really good they're so funny (laughs) but they're also like clearly on their way to getting good yeah I mean I think the ceiling is so high on like a lot of these people like I think like I said, I think Achilles Ben is going to be like really, really good and like a perfect kind of first ace for them. That guy gouging Gia who is in that gif is like fucking amazing and so cute. And yeah. Tiger Tooth, like a bunch of these people, the monk guy, like there's a lot of really, really the promising Bruce Lee stuff guy here. is a, He's adorable. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the Bruce Lee guy. He's adorable. He's so cute. Um, He spins nunchucks around in his entrance and Which then he can wrestle. Genuinely scary, I would think, for wrestling because like so much shit goes wrong all the time. But these guys are trained. Kung Fu trained. So. so that's like the one thing that like wouldn't go wrong. But like, you know, I no offense to Joey Janela. I'm never going to hand nunchucks to him. Me as a person. <laughs> no one has more like, please give me nunchucks energy. Than Joey Janela. <laughs> please. I mean, like, 
I have started handing fireworks to some of these like American guys, which is on my part, super dumb. But you know, <laughs> I don't know the nunchucks thing. I was like, oh, just because that could go so wrong so badly. But like, I'm used to Americans holding them and everything going flying sure. very quickly. Yeah, uh, Alex Patak has a good joke about nunchucks, and and he says in the joke like the weapon you injure yourself with half the time or something like that. <laughs> They're like not of, very effective. Speaking of restaurant managers in the restaurants I've worked in, I've had more than one manager come into work with like look what I got and like spun nunchucks around, classic, and had them stolen by a busboy by of the course. end of the day, of course, because that is the role of the restaurant manager. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. I, I really liked this. I've been watching like some of their stuff kind of occasionally, but despite some of the like weirdness or some of the inexperience of this, like it definitely made me want to watch more of it. I thought it was really fun. It's yeah. Episode 11 is up by the way. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Um. So like, I just, I don't know if you guys, if our listeners want to dive in, I'm kind of diving in at the same time. I'm probably going to watch all of it just because they're only an hour. And, like, I'm so used to, like, how long is Raw at this point? Right. You know? The nice thing, too, is, like, because nothing is in English, like, you can kind of... Like, I think it's worth watching the promos because you can sort of understand the general idea, but you can watch the promos on, like, twice speed because you're not going to understand what they're saying anyway. So, like, that cuts down a lot of the time, too. Oh, yeah. It's like a 40-minute show. Yeah, of, of actual wrestling. Which, like, again... The, the proportion of matches to other stuff is like good. It's high. It's worth watching. But uh, you can save yourself some time if you just want to watch the wrestling and uh, and enjoy it. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see how their partnership with AEW goes. Um, again, like I think the only thing that I think they're at a disadvantage with is the fact that all of these guys are so small. So like it seems like it would be really hard to work a lot of these people in other promotions just because they're sort of limited by their size, um, which like, which sucks and it shouldn't be, but is just sort of how things work, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, mean sorry. I just do think that that could like, especially in an indie setting and like the different places that you can see wrestling. Like I'm saying this cause we just, as of this recording, we recently saw a show at Queensbury. But, like, imagine these guys doing their flippy shit under the tables at Queensbury. Oh, you could lose your mind. You, you'd go nuts. And, like, you know, Marco Stunt is, like, doing great. So it's yeah. size is not necessarily a limitation. It's just that because they're all very small, um, I feel like it it's harder to work them into a, another promotion where that isn't, like, the average size of the wrestler. I feel like they'll be paired with um, Jungle Boy a lot. Yeah, I could see that. Jungle Boy, cool. Marco Stunt. Unfortunately, I do think there's a chance that Joey Janela will get his hands on some nunchucks <laughs> because they are in AEW. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure when they're going to start bringing these newer guys over. It seems like right now it's more like the sort of more advanced people on the roster, which which are tend to be the Japanese guys. But like, I would love to see the fucking Bruce Lee guy in AEW. People would go nuts for that. Oh my God. Like, they love it. So, like, imagine they bring Orange Cassidy back. And I know, you know, there's beef now. <laughs> enemy of the show. Enemy of the show, Orange Cassidy. Um, he's back to being the enemy. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Oh. He's on my shit list again. <laughs> um, but like him versus Bruce Lee guy. Yeah. That would be incredible. I would love it. I would say come on the show again. I would enjoy that so much. <laughs> so, yeah, um, definitely check out OWE. I think it has their seal of approval. 
Um, if you, if we have your seal of approval, please check out our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash WrestleSplania. We do two full bonus episodes every month, minimum. Sometimes we do more than that. Um, this is coming out in a few weeks, but, uh, as of this recording, we just put up one about Nikki Cross. Um, we have some other really fun ones, uh, we are going to be recording soon in the pipeline. Check that out. Um, we also have a wonderful discord that you get access to if you pledge to our Patreon. So help us out, support us. Um, we would really appreciate that. Uh, I have two other podcasts, uh, what a time to be alive about dumb, funny news stories every week and uh, Lie, Cheat, and Steal, which is about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. Both of those shows have Patreons as well with bonus content on there. Um, check my Twitter for stand-up dates. And uh, thank you for listening. You're so efficient at that that I can't ever fit in like a pig in a hot car. <laughs> Just, it's a compliment to you. Thank you. Um, our wonderful West Coast producer is LB Hunk Tears. And uh, they are currently covering WWE for fanbite.com. And they have also launched their own Patreon for Hunkology. So if you're interested in that, you can find that over at patreon.com slash hunk tears. Um, on a completely different note, my dad and I made a documentary about uh, gerrymandering, specifically in Pennsylvania, but I think it applies to a lot of gerrymandering fights that are happening all over this country. Uh, you can find that at lineinthestreet.com. By the time this episode comes out, I think our next screening of the movie will be in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania on July 26th. If you want more information on that, hit me up. I have open DMs on Twitter. Um, and I think that's our episode. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.